This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. I think we have some sense of the emotional effect or the short-term emotional effect of being bullied. Well, today we're going to discuss a different aspect of bullying. What about the long-term effects to the brain? Well, a new book explores just that. Dr. Jennifer Fraser is the author of The Bullied Brain, Heal Your Scars and Restore Your Health. And Dr. Fraser joins us from Victoria, British Columbia. Dr. Fraser, thank you for waking up bright and early for us today. We're grateful. It's fantastic to be here. Thanks so much, Dave. This is a really interesting element to the conversation that we're having about bullying. I'm curious what sent you down this path to research this component. Well, I was working in a school and I heard directly from students that they were being bullied. They were being called homophobic slurs and being swear, sworn at and grabbed and held in for yelling in the face and sort of just really demoralizing you know, rhetorical questions. Do you even deserve to be here? You know, what are you? This kind of thing. And um, it wasn't students that were doing it to other students. It was teachers. So... I was told by the administrators it wasn't a big deal. It was just old school coaching. And, you know, I'm a researcher, so I I just, it didn't sit with me properly. I didn't believe the headmaster when he said it wasn't a big deal. So I started doing the research and I found, you know, in psychiatry and psychology, there's, there's decades of research. And then I hit the neuroscience. And when I started to read the brain science on what it does to the brain when you are exposed to all forms of bullying and abuse, it does a lot of damage and it can be seen on brain scans. So tell me a bit more about that on the brain scans. What is the actual impact, the physiological impact to the brain? Well, I mean, we tend to ignore it, of course, in society because we can't see it. But the neuroscientists, and these are extensive studies, this is replicated extensive work that's being done. You can see neurological scars. You can see reduction of myelin. Myelin is an insulator in the brain that helps electrical messages um, travel quickly. So if you're eroding myelin, you're really hurting the brain. Uh, A person might have an enlarged amygdala, which is a part of the brain involved in threat detection. And, you know, if you are constantly being bombarded by um, angry you know, adults in your life that have power and they're blocking you from opportunities and they're they're ignoring you or all these different kinds of aggressions that people can do, especially if they have positions of power. Um, it shows up on the brain as a lot of anxiety. Another one of the um, things that you can see is the uh, hippocampus, which is a part of the brain involved in memory and memory storage um, and emotional tags. It will be very shrunken and shriveled because it's getting constantly... Um, hit with cortisol, which is a stress hormone that it should rise up in us and then go away. But if you're being bullied and daily you're getting subjected to this kind of harmful treatment, um, it will do really serious harm to the hippocampus. These are just some examples. And and how might that end up manifesting in somebody's personality or, or in a more long-term way in how they live their life? Well, it's really serious, actually. Um, the cortisol not only... Uh, 
goes into the brain in really negative ways in a repeat manner, but it also attacks the blood vessels. And there's there's very um, clear research from the late 1990s by American doctors that there's a direct correlation between um, adversity in childhood, this kind of bullying, abusive, um, in, abuse in all its forms, so physical and emotional, verbal, psychological, sexual, it all does such significant harm to the brain and body that it's connected to chronic disease in midlife and shortened lifespan. So, I mean, this is the, the message I really want to get out. I want people to understand that they think that the way they lead their lives, you know, if they have substance issues, substance abuse issues, or they are very aggressive themselves, they lose their temper um, repeatedly and, and take it out on people. These are all manifestations of quite likely a hurt brain. And what's exciting about the brain is it's very adept at repair and restoration if we follow evidence-based practices. You led me right into the next question because we oftentimes hear about how the human body and human mind do have a certain resiliency built into them. So what are some of the techniques and tactics people can use to start rebuilding and unblocking some of these uh, some of these effects of the abuse and bullying they may have experienced earlier in life? Well, the way I constructed the book is each chapter has uh, – I really do a deep dive into the science and I, I share – the damage that's being done to the brain, because I believe it's a big motivator. You know, if you don't know that you have a health problem with your body, or you don't know you have a, a really serious issue with your brain, you're not very motivated to do different things to repair it. And then in every chapter, I have an action step. And the action step is an evidence-based way to tackle um, harm done to the brain. So I take, for example, mindfulness, which is extensively documented to do really wonderful things for the brain. I'll take mindfulness and I very specifically apply it to teaching my reader to uh, visualize their brain, really see it, dialogue with it, let their brain understand that it's seen, it's understood, it's being worked with, you know, so that we're aligning the mind, the brain, and the body, and not having them work at cross purposes. Another key action step would be to do very specific brain training that's been designed by neuroscientists to do... Um, it's, it's a kind of like going to the brain gym or doing brain fitness. It's where you are actually doing exercises. It's online, it's gamified, it's inexpensive, but these exercises are critically important to maintaining brain health and to recovery if you have been traumatized by bullying and abuse. And um, just a kind of a great story. The, this brain training program was designed by Dr. Michael Merzenich and other neuroscientists, and they were really working on methods to try and help people that were moving towards dementia in old age. And they got a telephone call in the laboratory and it was, um, Tom, um, Oh, I just blanked on his name. The famous quarterback, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> it was Tom Brady's trainer saying, you do know that Tom Brady daily does this brain training and they didn't. So they went to the studio to watch him work out, watch him do his brain training. He included it in his book about, all, all the things he does to be a brilliant football quarterback. And it just goes to show you, I mean, even a very high-performing brain can take itself to the next level by doing this kind of brain training. Hmm. I, I want to go back to where we started because the the catalyst of this was something that you were experiencing and observing in your life professionally. I'm curious what lessons we can pull in the way that we 
institutionalize abuse, the way we institutionalize trauma. I know sometimes there's that criticism of, oh, society is getting too soft. But if we're breaking young people to a point that they can maybe have a very difficult time coming back or set them back years or decades, what do you think we can learn institutionally about preventing this kind of abuse and trauma? Uh, it's an excellent question. So what I found was I, because of this personal lived experience, I ended up going through the whole system. And um, because I was advocating for the, the students' rights to have an abuse-free education. And what I learned is the system is absolutely broken. We're seeing it in Canada right now with the sports. Um, we're seeing that sport after sport after sport is really struggling because, in fact, there's a lot of institutional complicity in covering up abuse and then enabling it. And we've seen this in other countries as well. Canada is not unique. But this is why in my book, I'm really pushing hard to say we need a system change. We need to understand that all forms of bullying and abuse don't make people tough, they don't make them resilient, and they don't make them healthy. That's that's a myth. And that's why I try to debunk this myth with science. Because the science is very clear very extensive, that all forms of bullying and abuse do serious harm to the brain. And we have mental health issues like we've never seen before. And bullying continues to dominate our society from workplace to church to sport to school. So either we're going to look in the mirror as adults and say to ourselves, you know, we can keep saying that bullying and abuse toughens someone up and for a tough world, but it's not true. And we can see the manifestations of that. And just to give you a sense of really how serious it is, there's a statistic that's come out in the United States that from 2000 to 2018, youth suicide, so that's 10-year-olds to 24-year-olds, youth suicide has increased 57%. Oh my gosh. So we really, yeah, it's really serious. And and um, this is why I'm, you know, beating the drum. I mean, I can't get enough people to understand that it's time to change. And, you know, we have the science to change and that there's no reason that we shouldn't. Um, I liken it to smoking. You know, when I grew up, smoking was normal. It was, uh, your doctor would smoke while he wrote you a prescription. And we also thought that made you tough. It made you like the Marlboro man. You were going to be sophisticated like Audrey Hepburn. And it was hammered into us and it was marketed to us and it was false. It actually makes you ill. And same thing with bullying and abuse. It doesn't do anything for you except hurt your brain. Dr. Fraser, you mentioned that you're a researcher by heart, and certainly having the doctor in front of your name means you've written quite a bit. You've written extensively. I'm curious what it was like to write a more commercialized book. What was that experience like for you? Um, ah, that's another really good question. I, yes, I've written very academic books, but, you know, I, my degree is in comparative literature, and we were trained, so I went to University of Toronto for my PhD, and we were trained to take different discourses and put them into dialogue and see if that changed the conversation. And I found that by putting bullying and science together, brain science, indeed, it changed everything that I understood about bullying and abuse, and that's why I wanted to share it with readers. And so I took this to my agent, and it was a very academic book at the beginning. He's in New York, and he said, no one is going to read this book because it's way too academic. He said, readers want to know your story. They want to know about you. So that was a big learning curve for me. I was actually really quite uncomfortable, but I, I, I want the science to get out there. So I did write about myself and I wrote about this experience at the school and going through the broken system and, and various other aspects of how this um, pretty awful story kind of unfolded. But I do think it matters. And people say it's so funny because they find this book to be like a page turner, even though it's about neuroscience. 
Dr. Frazier, we're grateful for the work that you do and the time you spent with us today. Keep up all the excellent work and let's check in again down the road. Thanks so much, Dave. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.